This is the Gopher Puck Live podcast, episode number 11, recorded December 13th, 2011. Welcome to the Gopher Puck Live podcast, along with Hammy and Ryan Cardinal. I am your host, Jupiter. Of course, just a reminder, we record these podcasts on Tuesday nights around 9.30, usually about 9.35 or so. And If you head over to the GPL podcast page, you can uh, check that out if you want to, because we'll take your questions live via Twitter at that time, or you can always, you know, send emails to a podcast at gopherpucklive.com, I should say. So tune in live if you can. So guys, a revitalized Michigan Tech, you know, new coach and all, comes in and splits with the Gophers. Tech wins 3-2 in overtime on Friday night, and Minnesota comes back with a 6-2 win on Saturday. But of course, the biggest headline from the weekend had to be the coaches going a bit nuts on Saturday with each other. Hammy, what the heck was going on? You know, that's a good question. I found it a little bit entertaining. I mean, I just think part of it was Tech ran out of gas towards the end, and we were, you know, as we've seen all year, the Gophers are definitely a third-period team, especially in the second night of a series. Uh, they've just generally been very strong ending up uh, in the third period. So I, I think that part of it was they ran out of gas. We were scoring goals, and I'm sure that they were a little whiny about the fact that, you know, I think we had our number one power play out there with like three minutes left and a five. Well, I don't know, what was it? Was it? It wasn't a five on three, was it? I can't remember what it was. It was a power play in any case, but and I'm sure that uh, that probably didn't sit real well with them. But at the same time, if they're going to be taking penalties, especially slashing penalties and things like that, it's like, well, you're going to pay for it in some fashion. We're not going to retaliate necessarily um, with some cheap stuff back, but it's going to be you know with a goal. So. I just think they lost control, and the coach was a total, you know, jerk off about how he started yelling at the Gopher bench. I don't even know what that was all about, but in any case, uh, it was interesting. It was definitely nice to see uh, Coach Lucia with some fire in him because people a lot of times would criticize him for being a little too stoic behind the bench, and uh, he definitely didn't qualify that night. So it was nice to see a little fire in him. You know, usually I, you know, I'm in the I'm in the photo box in the third period of a lot of games, or at least I try to get in there. And, you know, last Saturday, I'm like, you know, I'll just stay home tonight, watch it on TV. And, boy, I picked the wrong night not to be in there because <laughs> I would have been front and center and heard everything. And I now I really regret not going. Yeah, but they you were there on Friday night and they lost. And then you weren't there on Saturday and they won. So maybe you're just, you know, maybe wow. bad luck. Wow. Bad karma. Wow. You guys are real nice to me today, aren't you? Christmas spirit. Christmas spirit. I don't think so. So Ryan, you got the you missed it all too. You were in Detroit. Did how did you did you have to watch a video playback or what? Yeah, I was uh, rotting in a Detroit hotel room and uh, my phone started blowing up. And, in that terrible well, town, according to Jared Allen. Yeah, Detroit's not uh, it's not Charlotte or Appleton where you can go out and have a lot of fun. That's for sure. But uh, no, you know, I was keeping an eye on the game via Twitter and everything. But you know, couldn't watch it from there, obviously. But yeah, DVR'd it and uh, watched it on Sunday night when we got back. And yeah, I mean, I guess you know, Hammy kind of summed it up. But um, you know, maybe it's Michigan Tech. You know, their coach is showing a little bit of fire and sticking up for the team. And um, you know, even if it wasn't really warranted, you know, maybe they're just trying to go over the top with it, just to you know, kind of show that Tech's turning a new leaf and it's not the same old, same old. So I guess 
maybe that was their point they were trying to hammer home. But either way, they came off kind of foolish. But, you know, in the end, you know, it's cliche, but cooler heads prevailed. And, um, yeah, you know, you know, for the Gophers, it's not a great weekend, of course. I mean, you want to sweep, and, you know, they were definitely favored. But as we saw, I mean, this is a better version of Tech than um, we've been accustomed to over the years. And, you know, they are seemed just a lot faster. And even though they have so many guys from last year's team, it just seemed like they were a lot quicker. And yeah, I don't know if the skill level is all that much higher, but just seemed like they played a lot more up-tempo and they weren't just, you know, sitting back the whole time and, you know, waiting for the roof to cave in, so to speak. But, um, you know, I guess big picture-wise for the Gophers to be, you know, 14-5-1 and one and, uh, you know, tied for first place in the WCHA. And then when they break for Christmas, I think if you would have told, you know, myself or any other Gopher fan, you know, prior to this season, the way the last handful have gone, if that would be the case, I think everyone would be pretty happy. Hammy, what were your thoughts on the actual games themselves? I mean, you couldn't have been too happy with Friday night, but Saturday night they finally woke up, you know, in that sixth period of the weekend. Yeah, you know, the thing for me, it's kind of funny because, you know, you watch the game, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll go over to USCHO and just read the game thread the next day just to see what people say. Well, you know, (laughs) and and the the entertaining thing for me is sometimes I think that some fans see a different game than what I do. I mean, they really get down on the squad real easily. I mean, Granted, we didn't have the greatest energy on Friday, and we didn't play, of course, our A game by any means, but I didn't quite think it was as bad as, as some people were saying. I, you know, the two goals that we had given up, um, you know, were basically tip shots or off of a skate, and the only thing that really annoyed the hell out of me was the game-winning goal. I mean, I, I replayed it tonight just because I, I was like, okay, let me take a, another look at it just so I don't go off saying something bad, but it really Helgeson and Hall have really bugged, bugged the hell out of me this season with some of their play. And that, that specific play in a nutshell to me is some of the problem I see with that pairing. I mean, first of all, Hall totally get lollygagged back, you know, after the turnover. I mean, he was kind of gliding back into the zone, just sort of expecting Helgeson to take care of business or whatever. But Helgeson, I mean, Jesus, the guy is, what, 6'4", 200-some-odd pounds or whatever. Okay, he had the angle on the guy, and what does he do? He plays the puck, he's looking down at the puck, and the guy deeks around him and scores. He easily could have just taken the body and taken the guy right out of the play, and there wouldn't have really been much of a chance at all. And it's like that kind of play drives me crazy with Helgeson because it's like, dude, you're a big guy, throw your weight around. And so that one really bothered me. The rest of the night, I mean, yeah, it was a little lackluster, but that play in particular really bugged the hell out of me. Um, we already kind of touched on Saturday, but I mean, it was a nice third-period rally, and you have to give Tech credit. I mean, they played their game. They are improved, and, uh, you know, they showed that they have some fight in them. Yeah, and the Helgeson thing, I don't know what made me more upset was either the play or afterward his comments. And, you know, sometimes these guys, you know, there are a lot of cliches, and that's okay. I mean, they're college kids. They're not supposed to be affluent and, you know, spinning yarns about all the things that just happened in the game. But he was pretty adamant and asked a couple times, oh, would you have done anything differently? And, oh, no, I thought I played it well, and there's not much else I could have done. And it's just like you're waiting for you know him to realize that, hey, you really screwed up on that play, and it's okay, but like just admit you did horrible things on that play, and you did nothing, and you just let one of their players walk right in on goal, and he talked about the guy got a good shot off, and it was almost like, were you watching the same play, or I don't know, that really floored me, like, 
No, you can admit that you made a bad play and you should have, you know, done something earlier in the play or worst case at the end, just tackle him and take the penalty. It's better, you know, I think most people would rather try to kill off a power play than, you know, have a guy, you know, right in alone on your goalie. So that was frustrating. And like Andy said, I mean, the play was ridiculous and you're just kind of watching it happen. Like, are you going to do anything or like, what's going on? I can't believe it got even to the point where the guy could score. I mean, it's not like he got the puck 10 feet from Patterson. I mean, the play happened at the top of the circle against the boards and the guy basically walked right in. So yeah, that was frustrating, but um, yeah, I mean, they bounced back, obviously, you know, it was a little bit tight on Saturday night, you know, I'm watching from afar and then watching the replay this, you know, like when are they going to kind of turn it on? And um, thankfully it did, you know, for the Gophers sake and um, you know, they're able to get the win and salvage the weekend. I must say I was a little disappointed in the weekend. Um, Eve, over these past three years, the team has been bad. We've always beaten them. I mean, it was at seven straight games. I mean, sure, they got a new coach, but you know what? This is a team they need to beat and needed four points. And obviously now they're tied with Duluth. They should be ahead, but uh, I'm just, I was just disappointed, that's all. Well, I don't disagree. With, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I predicted a sweep last week, but I also said at the same time, I knew I knew it was going to be a lot tougher than a lot of fans kind of I think were taking it because Tech is definitely better. And that Friday night game, you have to give them some credit. I mean, they did play their game, and uh, we kind of didn't seem to have you know maybe quite the energy. I mean, that's really I I don't understand how you can basically have two games in a week. You spend the whole week gearing up for the weekend, and then Friday night you come out flat how many weekends in a row now? And to me, I don't get that because if I were in their shoes, I'd be, like, totally jacked up that, okay, yeah, you know, we got two games now. I'd be excited. And to see those guys kind of go out there and, you know, I don't want to say they're going through the motions or they're not trying or working hard or whatever because certainly they are, but mentally and just, I don't know, the effort just doesn't seem to be quite the same as it is on Saturday, and I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. I mean, one thing that I was kind of kicking around and just thinking, and, you know, it's such a long year and it is such a young team that, you know, emotionally and everything else, but it seems like since they swept North Dakota, and now granted the schedule has been a little bit tougher, but, you know, the last few weeks it hasn't been. It seemed like they almost kind of, I don't want to say peaked for the season, but, I mean, since that emotional sweep in North Dakota and that big comeback on Saturday scoring the two goals in the last 10 minutes, I mean, they haven't had that same fire. And I don't know if it's just, again, it's a young team and there's a lot of ups and downs to a season, so they've been, you know, maybe on the downward slant here for a little bit. And they, you know, obviously they've gotten by and they've had some good wins against, you know, St. Cloud and Wisconsin, but, you know, they haven't quite had that same fire or whatever cliche you want to throw in there, but... I mean, I, you know, and hopefully, you know, having the break here and then, you know, maybe another series, you know, obviously we have you know, a few games between now and the next time we play the Sioux. But, um, you know, I think these guys in terms of getting up for a series, um, that shouldn't be an issue. So maybe they can, you know, kind of start ramping things up again once uh, once they get back into conference play here in mid-January up in Grand Forks. Well, one thing I noticed that the U staff said is that uh, is first time in about 20 years that they played, you know, started the season and didn't have a weekend off. Yeah. Uh, until uh, the break. And, you know, maybe they're tired a little bit. I, I don't know if I buy into that because, you know what, these are college kids. These kids have so much energy. Uh, it's not like they're old guys like us. Um, well, I don't know if I know, buy that. Well, for me, it's not the physical energy part of it. It's more the mental energy that, okay. you know, it can get to be a, a mental grind, you know, and certainly I can see that part of it. I, 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 I totally agree with you that from the physical side of things, I mean, these guys, I mean, they play when they're in traveling teams growing up, they play more, you know, probably double the games or close to it that they do, you know, as a college player. And so 
you know, I totally agree with you that the, from the physical side of things, it shouldn't be an issue. But in terms of the mental side of things where you're going through the WCHA grind every week, you're, you're basically playing rivals, you know, almost every week, you know, in the first half, UMD, North Dakota, Wisconsin, St. Cloud, you know, even a team like Minnesota State, you know, is to a certain degree, you've been giving us a little more trouble in recent years. So, I mean, it, you know, when you're getting that kind of a grind mentally, I can see why you might have little bits of letdown. But at the same time, that you might you would expect maybe a game, maybe two games here or there. But, you know, when this, every Friday for a month, you know, that gets to be a little much. So how does this affect somebody like a, a, a Rao and a Bukestad? You know, they're heading right up to the juniors, so it looks like, you know, they're going to hopefully they'll make the squad. So that means their grind is just going to keep on going. And obviously when you're playing in the juniors, <laughs> there's a quite a toll on them there as well. How's that going to affect them? I mean, these are top two guys right now and, and it could be definitely mentally tired when they come back. Uh, well, I don't know how Ryan feels about it, but for me, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you see it both sides. Sometimes guys come back and they play even better. I mean, like last year at Bukestad, I mean, he came back and he played, you know, much differently than he did in the, the first half of the year. And there's other guys that, you know, come back and they don't take, seems to take them a little while to get their legs back. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say, you can make arguments both ways. Um, what's going to happen with those guys. I'm not entirely convinced Rao's going to make the finals cut, but, um, We'll see, but I you know, certainly Bukestad will, and I, I guess we'll find out, you know, how they recover from all that. Yeah, I guess I'd be a little bit more concerned with Rao just because it seems like teams do rag on him physically a little bit more since it's, you know, it's pretty tough to rag on Bukestad with how big he is. And um, But with Rao, it's a little bit easier. And even back in his Eden Prairie days, that was, I mean, you saw it in the high school tournament where, you know, teams try to play him physically and maybe even over, you know, over the top a little bit. And you know, that's going to be the same thing up in, you know, the World Juniors. It's on a small ice sheet in Canada this year, so there's not the, you know, space to hide and, you know, not, you know, kind of stay out of the physical mix a little bit as, you know, there would be if it was over in Europe. So, um, and plus with him being a freshman and, you know, I mean, he's been obviously good, but, you know, tailed off a little bit here, just, you know, the overall offense has as well. Um, but, you know, being a freshman and, you know, sometimes you see guys hit that wall midway through the year. And I, I mean, I think the bigger key is if they both end up going just to stay healthy. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you'll see. I mean, you'll hear the quotes from Lucci, I'm sure, in January when they get back about, you know, giving them time off and during the week and easing them back in a little bit. But um, I think as long as they stay healthy and more importantly than anything else, I mean, we saw last year, you know, Jaden Schwartz goes and plays for Canada and he you know, breaks his ankle or his foot or whatever it was. I mean, that'd be just a nightmare for the Gophers, especially with, you know, both those guys. I mean, anyone that goes to World Juniors is usually a key piece of the team. But, you know, those guys are both, you know, goal scorers. And so it'd be, a you know, obviously a tough loss. Either one of them went down for an extended period of time. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm almost pulling, you know, like Cammy kind of alluded to of Rao. He, he's more, a lot more on the bubble than Buke said, who's going to be, you know, maybe the best player on the team on paper. But if Rao stayed back and, you know, being a freshman and a little bit undersized, if he got to stay home for the holidays and kind of rest up, I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world. But of course, anytime you can, you know, represent your country, um, you obviously want to do that. Well, let's move on to the rest of the WCHA for this uh, past weekend. We had Denver go into Bemidji and got a split that would, I believe that was the Beavers first win over Denver. Yeah, I think it, I think it was, and it was kind of the 
game that you thought Bemidji would have to play. I mean, Denver had 37 shots and 19 in the third period, so they certainly uh, they certainly brought it, and as you kind of expect they would when it's you know a talent mismatch like that. And um, but you know we said last week, right now with the way Denver is in net, I mean they're playing their third string guy, and Bemidji, um, you know traditionally you know they don't have a lot of you know firepower up front. It's tougher for schools like that, but they've always had pretty good goaltending, and um, you know that showed this weekend. And you know I guess it's not a huge shock again. Denver we pretty much say it every week, but it's just tough, so tough for them right now when you're playing your third string goal. And I think they've done, you know, reasonably well. There's not a lot of other things you can point to over time where it was, you know, well, this team had to play their third string guy and look what happened. So it's kind of a, you know, rarefied air for them. But um, yeah, I guess if you're Denver, you can't be too disappointed given the injury situation you've had in that. And I know that, you know, Bo Bennett, one of their you know, better forwards, they've seen he just had, you know, hand or wrist surgery and he's going to be out for a while. So they've, uh, they've been hit by the injury bug a little bit, but um, you know, I think both teams, Denver, I'm sure they wanted to get a sweep of course, but that's not the easiest trip. And again, given their situation right now, I'm assuming both teams are pretty happy with that result. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. I mean, I picked it as a split, and I just think that uh, Bemidji, you know, they they are pretty solid at the style that they play. And, and you know, I looked today, and the interesting thing is that um, they actually have the strongest schedule so far out of all the WCHA teams. I mean, I think they're ranked 11th in the country as far as strength of schedule, and we're basically at the halfway point, so... Um, you know, that's pretty interesting that, uh, you know, they play pretty tough at home and uh, not at all surprised. Well, then we've got UNO splitting with the North Dakota Fighting Sioux. I could still call them that. <laughs> you can. And, yeah, that was, a. I mean, not a huge surprise. I don't think we talked last week that, you know, North Dakota, they've been you know kind of trending upward in the right direction. But, you know, at the same time, offense is still kind of an issue for them. And I think if you're Omaha, you have to be pretty happy with that weekend, considering you only allowed two goals or excuse me, three goals or yeah, two goals. And, you know, for a team that's had goaltending issues all season long, we talk about it every week. And, um, you know, to go in there and get a split now, you know, obviously it hurts to lose one nothing in one of the games. But um, for the way Omaha has been going and you know, just to have a weekend where your you know, goals against is outstanding, I think that gives them something to build on. And, you know, to get a couple points in the process, I think that's got to be a good thing for them. Yeah, I think I picked this series as a split. And I'm a little, you know, I, I the surprising thing to me is that it was low scoring. I, mean, I really thought it was going to be one of those up and down series um you know north dakota has been scoring more as of late and you know nebraska's issues in net and all that kind of stuff so i thought well that'll probably be, mean some goals for north dakota and on the flip side you know the uno tends to play a little more offensively and but what you know how many goals for the weekend four goals for the whole weekend both teams combined i mean it was a little surprising you know as ter- in terms of what happened on the ice i'm not surprised by the results but as far as on the ice goes that was a little surprising then we have anchorage going into cc and giving them all they can handle with the split Uh, yeah i mean i'm a little surprised by that one especially that friday night score i mean six to three on the road in colorado i mean that's a lot of goals for anchorage yeah i mean i you know and i go back to I've been a little critical of uh, Joe Howe this year, and I mean, I think that that game certainly didn't do anything to disprove it. I mean, uh, it was uh, a rough night the way it looks for him. Of course, you know, unless you're watching it, it's you're not really uh, totally knowing if it was his fault or defensive lapses or whatever. But you know, he didn't even play. I think he just played a little over two periods and gave up six goals on you know twenty some odd shots. And I mean, that's a terrible night. And he's been for me a disappointment as far as 
uh, what he's done, especially this year. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't have a question mark on CC as far as how they're going to do moving forward. And uh, you got to give uh, Anchorage some credit, though. They play, they gave them all they can handle. Yeah, that was uh, – I couldn't believe it. They put up that many goals on him that Anchorage did. And But you look at, you know, Hal's numbers on the year, and he's 5-4, and four, but, I mean, a save percentage of 883 and a goals against of 344. And, you know, CC's never been known to be, you know, awesome defensively. I mean, yeah, during some of their – the big time years, like was it all three when they had Sena and you know some of those guys. I mean, their D was really good those years too. But just in general, they're more of an offense first type team. But um, yeah, I mean their goaltending has been abysmal. And which you know it's with Omaha, not that you could totally predict it, but I mean Faulkner wasn't nearly as proven, I don't think, as Howe. And you know Howe's been very good the last couple seasons. And to see him, you know, so far it's not live up to any kind of expectation. I mean, if CC gets any kind of goaltending, you'd think with the Schwartz brothers and having some really good depth up front guy like Gensel to move the puck on the back end that um you know that'd be a recipe for success but you know so far um you know I mean they're what nine nine and five overall so again not great but you know definitely uh, has some issues then we have the Bulldogs who still have not lost in about two months go to uh, Wisconsin and get three out of four points uh not really surprised there no, I mean, Duluth, they've been, again, we give them credit every week and that they're, you know, the hottest team in the country and you can't really argue it. And, um, you know, they've got on the road and you know, that was kind of what we, you know, questioned and it was rightfully so. I mean, they played a lot of home games, but, um, you know, they've gone to Michigan Tech and Wisconsin. I mean, not two, you know, probably two teams are going to be starting the, you know, playoffs on the road, but yet, you know, not easy places to go. Michigan Tech definitely improved this year. And, um, you know, Madison, you know, we saw the Gophers struggle out there and, you know, they swept North Dakota out there. So, um, you know, it's always a tough place to go into and, you know, for Duluth to go in there and get three points. And, um, you know, they just keep rolling right along. There's not much else you can say. I mean, they're getting you know, good goaltending and um, the right guys are showing up, you know, on the stats sheet in terms of, you know, Brown and Connolly and the guys you expect to score, they're doing just that. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to the Bulldogs right now. You know, I, I I absolutely agree with everything you say. The one thing that I, if I were a Bulldog fan, that I would worry about is, have we done too much too soon? I know it sounds crazy, but it's like, and I, it's one of those feelings that you have when you're doing so well in the first half, you're just like thinking, you know, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's the bad luck going to hit? You know, I mean, when you go on a streak of that long, there's just something about it that you just start to get concerned about, you know, and now granted they have, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you know, their second half schedule is not exactly, you know, real difficult. And as far as the series that they have, however, so, you know, I'm sure that they'll still do be playing very well in the second half, but it's just one of those things that you just say, all it's going to take is that one game, you know, in the playoffs where it's just you to have a bad night and it's all that, all that winning you did, it's just all for not. That's that feeling that I sometimes have had at times in the past with gopher teams. And you just sometimes wonder, you know, is that going to bite you sometime? So, but you have to give them, yeah, you have to tip your hat to them. They played really well in the last couple months. Then we have, uh, well, I don't really need to talk about it, but poor Alabama Huntsville went into Mankato and it was, Fairly close the first night, and then they just got blown out the second night. Yeah, I'm wondering. The, uh, I was going to say, the good news is it sounds like their program might be saved. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, that is weekend. true. They, <laughs> you know, lost weekend on the ice, but I think uh, they would take a shellacking by Mankato to uh, – keep the program afloat, which it sounds like, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? It's kind of like the Sioux nickname thing. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of twists and turns with it, but um, hopefully for their sake that uh, comes to fruition and they stick around in some form. 
I'd be curious to know how many actual people were in the stands. I mean, I could see what the attendance says, but we all know that that's more tickets sold than anything else. And I can't imagine there being very many fans for that series. So I'd be, that's actually the more interesting thing for me than anything else. Well, that's it for this past weekend. Uh, just to kind of wrap up the first half of the WCHA this weekend, we have CC heading to Mankato and Denver heading to St. Cloud State. Do you guys have any quick thoughts on those? Um, myself, I would look at that CC series. You know, it's hard to say what you're going to get out of them. And I think uh, Mankato is, you know, going to be a, a little bit tougher team to play. I mean, I'm not expecting them to be you know, doing great things in the second half. But I do believe both now that they're healthier, that they'll be a little bit tougher to play. And, you know, we saw what Anch- or, uh, yeah, Anchorage did at CC this last weekend. So who knows what you're going to get out of, you know, that series. I'd probably go with a split on that one. And uh, as far as the Denver-St. Cloud goes, uh, I would think that that's going to be a pretty wide open, up and down type of a series. And, uh, um, you know, St. Cloud's pretty good at home, so I'd probably say that that's going to end up as a split as well. Yeah, and for CC, I'm just coming to the box score, but I know Canada's in their, um, you know, the World Junior Selection process right now, and I, you know, they play a bunch of scrimmages, and I think they're playing a team tonight. I saw like the college all stars up there, so the CIS teams like the Gophers, and a lot of times, you know, we play them before the year. So, but regardless, they didn't have Jaden Schwartz. They don't. I know they didn't have him last Saturday, and I'm assuming they won't have him again this weekend. Which, um, you know, that's a pretty big loss when you take the you know, best player off the team, obviously. So uh, that won't make it any easier for them. And, you know, like Andy said, Mankato has been, you know, getting healthy and a little bit better. And we saw him give the Gophers, you know, a couple of tough games. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would assume probably a split there. And, um, yeah, then Denver at St. Cloud. I mean, ever since that St. Cloud, when they Gophers up there the Friday night where the Gophers almost came back, St. Cloud has not uh, not been too impressive. I've, they've won, yeah, they haven't won a game since then. So, um, you know, and they're coming off of getting one point at home against Bemidji. So, um, probably a bigger series for St. Cloud than Denver, but, you know, I would assume that one will uh, kind of go two points each side as well. So, except for those games this weekend, we are pretty much done with the first half of the WCHA schedule. We got Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth tied with 22 points, and we got UNO at 17, CC at 14, along with North Dakota, but CC still has uh, two games in hand, and as well as Denver, who's right below North Dakota, they have two games in hand at 13. Michigan Tech, Bemidji, St. Cloud, Wisconsin, Anchorage, and Minnesota State, and I believe early in the year, you guys were pretty big on having Wisconsin low in the standings, and lo and behold, they're way at the bottom right now. Well, you kind of have to expect that they have a pretty young team, and uh, other than you know a couple guys, I mean they're they're relying heavily on underclassmen, kind of like I mean of course we are too, and it's a little different story, but um, and, you know and they also have freshmen in the net, and uh, they've been pretty woeful on the road, and you know done all right at home, but yeah they've been pretty inconsistent, and of course in in the WCHA that's not exactly a recipe for a top half finish. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the big difference, obviously, is we have a senior net who might be the best goalie in the country, whereas Wisconsin has a couple of freshmen, and, you know, neither one's really distinguished themselves yet, and Rumpel's got much better of a record, but um, the stats are pretty similar. I mean, that Landon Peterson, and I think Rumpel, I mean, he was a pretty highly sought-after recruit, so it's not a surprise that he's, um, you know, kind of taken over the number one role, but still, I mean, he's got a goals against of over three, so, um, yeah, I mean, the back end's still a little bit of work in progress for them, and, um, you know, but they lost with Jake McCabe. He was missed the 
than most of the first half. And I think he came back last weekend against Fluth. And you know, a lot of people thought he'd be a you know pretty big impact freshman coming from the national team development program. So maybe we can get him back in the mix and have a stronger second half. But again, if you can't win on the road in the WCHA, it's going to be a long go. And hopefully that's the case because the Gophers, we close with them, I believe. I know we play in Mariucci at some point in March and see there. I think we close at yep. Omaha and then at home against Wisconsin. That so is hopefully, correct. Uh, hopefully for our sake, they don't uh, figure out the road thing. So what about these teams that we picked early in the year? Now, obviously, a lot of us had Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth kind of, you know, four, five, six area. And we had uh, CC, Denver, and North Dakota up in the upper echelon. Uh, obviously, that's not really what's going on right now. We've got a surprising tech team. We've got, you know, 13 points. They're hovering, you know, right in the middle of the pack there. Um, Denver and CC are, can't really figure out what's going on. North Dakota started out really bad, but you know, have been slowly moving up. And then obviously the teams we picked in the middle there, Minnesota, Minnesota, Duluth are leading the league. What's surprising you guys? Or what's, what's, which team's a disappointment to you? Just kind of overall look at the first half. Uh, for me, uh, as far as surprise in a positive manner, I'd probably go with our opponents from this last week. And I think tech has definitely been, you know, improved and much tougher, um overall and you, you kind of have to give them credit they've been doormats for pretty much you know as far as I, back as you can pretty much remember for a lot of fans and uh they've got a new coach and a new attitude and uh, you have to give them credit um it seems like they're heading in the right direction so i think that that's definitely uh the team that i think from a positive standpoint is a surprise and as far as uh negative goes um you know it, it's it's tough i would probably it could be Denver, it could be CC, it could be, you know, North Dakota. I mean, I had all those, actually, I think that was my top three in some fashion were those three teams. And, uh, you know, they certainly haven't played like top three teams to this point. And so I don't know that I could pick one over the others, but I would probably say that, you know, from a slightly disappointing standpoint, of course, I'm not disappointed, but, you know, maybe from their fan standpoint, you know, I would say that those would be the three teams that would be, through the half, you know, halfway point, a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. And I think on our picks, I mean, you kind of, if you want to cut the league in half, I mean, I think we were all in agreement that, you know, Denver, North Dakota, Colorado College, Omaha, Duluth, and Minnesota would, you know, be the six home ice teams, but the kind of the order right now is a little bit flipped. And um, I think we'll get to it in a little bit on the, you know, Sioux sports, they have the what if calculator and, you know, just Minnesota, Minnesota, Duluth are just in really good shape. I mean, they're five points clear of Omaha right now. And um, again, I mean, you can look at it in terms of winning the league or getting home ice or finishing in the top three, however, but I think those two teams are in really good shape. But in terms of a disappointment, I mean, I'll say North Dakota, I I picked them to win the league and I might've been a little foolish. I just, I thought they'd have a little bit more now, you know, with Grimaldi not making any kind of an impact and, you know, Colton St. Clair, another kid that, you know, they were going to count on some younger guys this year and he's, you know, academic bit or whatever it was that he's, you know, not going to play from it all this year either. So they, you know, some of the guys that were counted on to replace the Malones and Trumps from a year ago, um, you know, aren't there for various reasons. But I mean, you look, you know, in the Nelson Knight Crystal, that, you know, line's been kind of on again, off again. But, um, you know, those guys all over 20 points, but then nobody else on the team is, you know, double digits. And I just thought they'd have some more guys step up. They're back in, they've cleaned that up a little bit recently, and they're, you know, back to, you know, kind of being a tough team to score on, whereas early in the year they were getting lit up, you know pretty often but um i just thought some of these other guys that you know would kind of step in and maybe you know that could happen i mean they again they didn't score a lot against omaha but i think 
second half of the year again. I could be wrong on this. Might be the year where they don't, but I think they'll come on a little bit, and I think they'll challenge. And then, um, and obviously Tech too from a good surprise. I mean, that's they have to be the team. And um, you know, it started off with you know what they swept Wisconsin up there, and that was kind of eye opener. And um, you know, Denver went up there a few weeks later and only got one point. And you know, they've kept playing really good hockey, and um, you know, good for them. I mean, it's not like a team like St. Cloud or something that has a lot of hateable fans. I mean, Michigan Tech, you know, you kind of feel bad for those guys. And um, if there's a team from the bottom half that's going to kind of rise up and, um, you know, hopefully get back to being good. Um, you know, I don't think anyone really had a problem with Tech being that team. So so do you think any uh, teams can sneak up and maybe get that sixth spot, maybe a Tech or Bemidji or St. Cloud? I mean, they're, they're right there right now. I mean, obviously, if St. Cloud plays well this weekend, they'll jump up quite a bit in the standings. I mean, do you think these guys have a chance at home ice? Uh, well, I mean, do you want to go through the uh, what-if calculator bit? That, well, maybe uh, we should. I mean, okay. You guys did the what if calculator from uh, SueSports.com, and what did you guys come up with? Well, as far as uh, you know, what I ended up with, I have uh, I have UMD winning the league. Um, I think that their second half schedule is advantageous, and certainly they've been playing you know the best hockey in the league the last couple months. So um, I have them winning the league. Um, I have the Gophers finishing in second place, a few points behind. Um, I expect the Gophers to kind of be, you know, they have a pretty good schedule ahead of them. I mean, it's, there's some tough series, but I think that uh, in general, from what I could see there that, you know, they have a pretty good, you know, a chance of finishing pretty close to the top. So I have them in second, and then I have uh, Denver and CC, uh, Denver third, CC fourth. Um, I have UND at fifth and uh, UNO um, at sixth. Actually, I have those two teams tied, so, uh, you know, I don't know how that would break down, but in any case, so th- those would be my home ice teams. Uh, St. Cloud, I have at seventh. Uh, Tech, I have eighth. I have uh, Wisconsin at ninth. Uh, Bemidji, tenth. And then I have Mankato and Anchorage rounding it out. But I, I, I just think that uh, Duluth is, they're going to be, I, I, I would be surprised if they don't win the league. Um, they do have still, uh, I think, four road series and three home series. So, I, But, you know, they, they have played well enough, and, you know, it's hard to pick against them at the way they've been playing at this point. Yeah, my uh, my breakdown's pretty similar. At uh, Duluth at 44 points, winning it. I had the Gophers at 42, so keeping it close, but um, coming up short. Uh, then I had North Dakota again. I guess I kind of stick with them, and I, I think their schedule is pretty favorable. And um, you know, I just I, again, I just think they're they're going to rebound and kind of get their stuff together and be a pretty strong second half team, or at least enough to you know climb up the standings. Um, then I had Omaha with 33, Denver 32, and CC 30 to round up the top six, and um, kind of a drop off after that. I I don't know, Michigan Tech, I mean, their schedule, I know they look good this weekend, but they've laid some eggs along the way, too, and I, I don't know, I mean, they have um, a lot of road series left, just like Duluth, and, um, you know, again, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, I think, you know, you kind of look at it big picture-wise, that they're able to finish 6th, 7th, or 8th, I mean, I think that has to be pretty positive, and that's a pretty big step to take in one season, especially when the coach came in, and it's not like he's got a, you know, full year of recruiting under his belt or anything like that, so... Um, you know, I've got them finishing seventh, I believe, um, ahead of Wisconsin and St. Cloud, which would make me very happy. And then uh, Bemidji, Mankato, and Anchorage rounding out the bottom three. You know, I quickly did it this afternoon, but I don't have the full thing. But I actually had Minnesota winning and with 44 and UMD with 42. But that was my complete homerism doing it there. So guilt, guilty as charged. <laughs> but uh, 
I don't know. I, 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 removing the homerism, I think you guys are right. I believe Duluth will be the team to beat. Um, obviously, they've got you know they've got Tech at home. They've at Anchorage, at Mankato. I mean, so they're going to play some of these easier teams, supposedly easier teams. You know, quite a lot. But then, you know, I think that first one coming out of January could be pretty pesky when they go to Omaha. So I think, you know, the rest of their season might be, might start right there. You know, if, if they get, you know, one point or get swept in Omaha, it, it could hurt them badly. But until they lose, you can't, you can't deny them. I, they're just, they're just really good right now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, and we just saw it this weekend, you know, you never know, you know, that two points that we lost on Friday, you, you don't know if that's going to be the what costs you in the end. And so, you know, every team goes through that when it comes to winning the league. All it takes is that one just off weekend and then <clears throat> somebody else kind of, um, you know, catching fire a little bit. I mean, and it could be for UMD, let's say, hypothetically, maybe it's the Gopher series that, you know, they got swept. You know, you never know how it's going to play out by the end of the year. Um, but I, I just think when you look at the remaining schedule, I mean, their toughest, you know, they have basically, I think, two pretty tough series, and that's going to be the one at UNO and then home series against uh, North Dakota. It's hard to say, you know, CC is so up and down. I don't know if I can really consider that going to be a tough series or not. It's hard to predict. But I I just think that when I look at their schedule and I compare it to what the Gophers' remaining schedule is, I just think that they have an advantage there. And, you know, being that they're even right now, I just have to, you know, lean with uh, Duluth winning the league. I also think that that uh, last last series of the year could be pesky for them at St. Cloud. Uh, St. Cloud does play well at home. I think they'll have moved up in the standings since then, and that could be pesky weekend for them. Yeah, I mean, you I don't think so? Teams, I just the whole St. Cloud thing. I know they beat the Gophers that Friday night, but you know, a lot of that might have been the Farragher kid was playing out of his mind, and he's you know cooled off big time since then. And um, you know, it's a rivalry, and those teams have played a lot of really fun games over the years, especially towards playoff time. Obviously, that wouldn't be in the playoffs, but um, you know, they had those crazy series, and I just I don't think or I don't really foresee St. Cloud making a big run, and um, St. Cloud might give them a game, but I just don't, I think Duluth's going to be you know looking at a number one seed kind of thing, whereas St. Cloud is I, mean, I guess I'm guessing they're going to be out of the NCAA tournament picture and you know, going on the road in the first round. I don't know if they're going to have that fire. I mean, if St. Cloud is fighting for home ice or if they, you know, do what I don't think they can do and get back in the mix for, you know, an NCAA tournament spot, whatever, maybe. But I just don't think St. Cloud's got a lot of fight left given the, you know, injuries they've had. So who is your, who? I mean, for you guys, who do you think is going to be maybe the surprise performing team in the second half? Bemidji. Well, okay. That's just, I kind of like the way they play at home and they're pretty pesky. Yeah, all uh, you know for the Gophers, and you know it's always a huge series. And I hate keeping going back to the North Dakota thing, but that's a pretty big series for both teams coming out of the break. And um, you know, for North Dakota, I mean they've rebounded a little bit here recently, but um, you know, you know they're going to look back at that Gopher series where they were swept down here, and that's you know they're not going to need any extra motivation for that weekend. And quite frankly, neither are the Gophers the way things have gone up at Angle said the last few years. But at the same time, you know, you have to realize that the Gophers have really struggled up there in recent years after you know doing so well in the early stages of that building. And um, you know, I think that series can tell 
a lot for both teams. You know, you look at North Dakota, they go to St. Cloud and have Wisconsin after that. So if they can get on a roll against the Gophers, they have a stretch of some pretty winnable games. Whereas, you know, for the Gophers, it's going to kind of be, okay, it's been a good first half, but now you have to go on the road, play your top rival, and, you know, can you bounce back? And um, so I think that's going to be a pretty defining series. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a split, but, um, you know, if that goes the wrong way for either team, I, you know, you could see it kind of snowballing in, you know, good direction or bad direction, depending on how it goes for the Gophers. See, I think I look at it a little differently. I mean, in the sense that, you know, of course that's a big series up at Grand Forks, but, you know, I think that North Dakota has been struggling a little bit more, I think, with St. Cloud. I think, well, it's hard to say with Wisconsin. It's not a normal Wisconsin team, so that'll probably be a, a North Dakota sweep. But then they go to, you know, Duluth, and we saw how pesky Tech can be, and then they go to Denver. So I, I think that their second-half schedule is a little bit tougher than maybe you would – realize at first glance so that's kind of why i had them a little bit more in the middle of the pack than i think what did you have at a third place ryan something like that yeah um so for me that's a little bit of a question but i actually think denver is going to be a team that has a pretty healthy surge in the second half i think that uh, i think their goalie situation will get sorted i think what is it uh is it Britain or Brit- whatever Britain? Uh, he gets back, I think, next month. I, I believe. I think I've heard or read that somewhere. Um, I think that generally speaking, um, the, the games that I've seen them, they they just seem like they've been a little bit off, and I just think that they'll gain some steam in the second half. And they're a good quality team with a lot of talent, so I think that they're going to be uh, rising up a bit in the second half. All right, well, let's look a little more towards Minnesota and how they've done this year so far. Uh, your favorite guy, drunk hockey guy, was kind of, he's kind of curious about the goaltending. He wants you to grade the Patterson. He, say, he says A minus, B plus. What, what do you guys think on the goal for goaltending? Uh, for me, I would probably say uh, A minus. I mean, really. I think with a few, you know, maybe the uh, Michigan State series, there's a few iffy ones. And, I mean, generally speaking, he's been pretty darn good. And, and you know, I think he's uh, he's cleaned up some of the mistakes that we've seen in turnovers on defense. So I, I really – I would probably go along the same lines. I'd say A-. minus. Yeah, I think it's right around there. I mean, early in the year, there was, you know, he was getting so much goal support that, you know, and a lot of that had to do with not playing the toughest teams. But, um, you know, now that it's, you know, gotten into the meat of the schedule and they're not scoring, you know, five, six goals a night, it's, you know, two, three, four. Um, you know, there's been a few clunkers in there. But again, when you're playing every night and you have a decor that is talented, but yet, you know, like we touched on earlier, they've made their fair share of mistakes and turnovers. And again, you're going to get that with a younger group. But hopefully those things, you know, start to go away as the second half goes on and guys start to mature. But, um, yeah, I'd say B plus, A minus. I mean, the shutouts have been good, but, you know, a couple against Sacred Heart, so um, you don't want to diminish them, but at the same time, you got to realize who they came against. But, yeah, he's on the team's MVP, and uh, he's been as good as everyone thought he would be coming into the year. we got a question, or a few questions, from Chris Trumbull. Um, the Gophers have given up an absurd amount of odd man rushes and breakaways since the series at Michigan State. What do you guys think can be done defensively to stop this problem for our tougher second half of the season. Now, we kind of discussed this a little bit, how you guys yeah. think we some of these guys need to be a little more stay at home, but... Yeah, I think that was uh, yeah. my, my opinion. A couple, you know, I wonder, actually, I think it might have been the last couple podcasts. I just think that some of these guys are being a little overly aggressive, um, you know, offensively when... 
I would rather just see them, you know, play a little bit smarter and, uh, you know, make some of the more of the safe plays. Um, I already complained earlier about, you know, the, the pairing that really bothers me. I, I really want to see a lot of improvement from Hull and Helgeson in the second half. If they're going to stay together as a pairing, I'm assuming they're going to. Um, but to me, I don't care what plus minus says or whatever, but to me, that's the, that's the pairing that needs to step up. I mean, you kind of expect a kid like Ben Marshall to make, you know, a few mistakes here or there. I mean, he's a freshman. It's, you know, his first half season, you know, as a college player. So you know that there's going to be bumps in the road with a guy like that. But, you know, somebody like Helgeson, he's a junior. This, that play, that overtime goal, I mean, that, that's the kind of play that can't be happening with a, a guy that's supposed to be an upperclassman leader. So um, that that's the one that really annoys me. So I, I think that they just need to play a little more conservatively at times and, and not be uh, so aggressive offensively. Yeah, and, you know, again, we touched on it last week or two weeks ago or whenever, but I think it's just it's kind of a byproduct of the system. And when you have guys that, you know, kind of think offense first, I mean, you see Marshall's kind of the perfect example where there are times where, you know, he's going to dig the puck out of trouble just with his skating and make the great outlet pass or, you know, cut to the net and draw a penalty. But, um, you know, it's tough to find, you know, Paul Martins of the world that do that kind of stuff and hardly ever turn it over or get beat defensively, and especially as a first-year player. So, again, you know, like I touched on a little bit ago, it's that learning curve and some younger guys with the new guy coaching the defense and um you know it's obviously helped to have patterson back there to clean up some of those mistakes and um you know he's kind of on one hand it's like well you don't want to you know have too many of those but at the same time patterson's shown a track record of he's got the ability to make the big save on a breakaway or two-on-one and um you know he's your best player so you, you know you got to count on him and he's going to come through more times than not but um yeah i mean you want to limit those but at the same it's kind of the give and take of it all it's kind of like the composite stick thing where it's like yeah they're going to break sometimes but then other times they're going to let you get a harder shot off that you're going to score a goal on so it's kind of give and take but of course you want to you know limit those as the season wears on another question from chris um who are your three stars for the first half and who are your three unsung heroes you know guys who don't get much ink but are uh vital to the team's success i mean his stars he had bukestead schmidt and patterson i guess no particular order and his uh, unsung heroes he had Saratori. Alt and Hanson. What, what do you guys have or thoughts on that? Well, I think the three stars is pretty easy. I mean, Schmidt, you know, he's helped get the power play going. I mean, Bukestad and Patterson, I think are the slam dunks, of course. And then, you know, the third one, you could kind of mix in there. But, you know, I thought of Schmidt as well. Just, you know, again, he's got the power play going. And even more than that, just to bounce back from a, you know, pretty horrible freshman year. He was in and out of the lineup and, you know, moved a position a little bit just to get him on the ice. And, you know, to come back and be a point-per-game guy as a sophomore is unbelievable. And, um, you know, the young guys, I mean, that fourth line, again, I think Hammy and I were tweeting a little bit about it on Saturday. I thought it was asinine that, you know, Saratori and Boyd in particular didn't get a chance to play on Saturday um, because I think both those guys have been awesome. I mean, Saratori has been all over the ice and, you know, they've scored the fourth line in general and scored some goals and, you know, they've had some different parts mixed in there, but mainly Nick Larson. But, um, you know, Boyd on penalty kill, I mean, he's done a lot of little things and I think he's really emerged. You know, he's a guy that's been pretty highly, you know, sought you know, his whole career and then, you know, to come in here and find a role as a fourth line guy where, you know, by the end of his career here, he's probably going to be a scorer, um, you know, but just doing the little things on the penalty kill and winning some faceoffs, And, um, you know, you need that kind of stuff just as much as you need guys like, you know, Bukestad and Raul scoring goals. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, uh, obviously you got to go Bukestad and Patterson. Those are definite two no brainers. It's, it's kind of a hard one for me on a third one. I mean, you, you could go Raul, you could go Schmidt. I mean, you can't really go wrong either way because they've both had, 
pretty, you know, large impacts on the team. I mean, Rouse clearly, you know, helped make that top line, uh, you know, potent one and, and something that, you know, maybe one of the best first, you know, top line in, in college hockey. Uh, so I could see that argument. I can certainly, you know, go with Nate Schmidt as well. I mean, he, I would probably go a little bit more Nate Schmidt being unsung simply because you know, he didn't really get much of a chance last year and, and being able to uh, kind of come back and be a point per game guy, you know, after, you know, not really getting much of a, a sniff of the ice for a lot of the last year, you know, that's pretty impressive. Uh, unsung, I would also go with captain Taylor Matson. I think that, uh, you know, I'm sure the way he pushed the team in the off season, I think that that's probably led to big things when we've seen these third period rallies and, you know, being outscoring teams by a healthy margin in a third period. So certainly I think his hustle and leadership and work ethic have uh, paid big dividends. And um, finally, I would probably, uh, you know, go with Saratori as well. I think he's just a kid who's, you know, always doesn't take a game off. I mean, even in the bad games that the Gophers have had, you know, in the first mm-hmm. half, he still stands out with his effort and hustle and, um, you know, his grittiness. And uh, it's one of those things where he, I think because he's not on the score sheet all the time, sometimes he's a little bit underappreciated. And, and uh, But he definitely brings it. So I would say that that would be my three for each. So any th- other thoughts on the first half of the season or maybe the outlook for the rest of the season for the Gophers? Well, for me, I mean, I'm. It's gonna. For me, it's gonna be all about the defensive group. I mean, I, I just, you know, how the blue liner is gonna perform. I think we're gonna. From, um, it wouldn't shock me if we see a little bit of a tweak in the power play, um, as far as, uh, especially the second unit, um, and who's gonna be quarterbacking it. I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see Alt move up and, uh, and maybe play a little bit more on the power play. Um, but we'll have to see about that. And. Uh, but I just think that, you know, it's going to really depend upon guys like, you know, Marshall. Is he going to, you know, turn the puck over less now? And, you know, he's got a half a season under his belt. I know I'm, I talked to his dad earlier in the year, and, and uh, you know, he told me how his first USA, USHL season went, you know, that he had some struggles early on, and then he kind of really, you know, kind of settled in and really did well in the second half. And, you know, you kind of hope that that's, you know, the pattern that he – has this year where he gets, you know, does real well in the second half after getting his feet going under him and getting used to the uh, play. But uh, I really believe as far as it's going to be, you know, how good does Kent Patterson play and, you know, how good is the defense going to, are they going to be starting to clamp down and not giving up so many odd man rushes and things, but because I think the offense is going to be there, but it's going to be the defensive side of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the defense, I mean, it's been a little bit of an issue. I don't think it's going to improve drastically. I mean, I think it is what it is. There's going to be some breakdowns, but I think, you know, I agree with what Hammy said. I think the one concern for me is kind of getting that second line going with Hanson and Hella. Um, you know, on the power play, they've been okay recently, but five on five, it seems like that line is really dipped. And, you know, with those two along with, you know, whomever, obviously, for most of the year was Sam Warning, and they've kind of changed up a little bit recently and went back to Warning. Um, you know, it seems like early in the year they had three lines that could score and now it's kind of you know the bukestead row combo and then you know every once in a while the mats and cond and you know that line will pop in there whoever on the you know obviously the other wing but um you know hansen's a senior and he started off the year really well but i think his plays tailed off and he's taken some stupid penalties i think the last month or so and doesn't have that maybe that same drive that he saw early but again maybe it's you know could be wearing a little bit or whatever so hopefully that the break 
they can get back going again. And then with Hulla, um, you know, being, being the center of that second line, I think that's going to be the key. If they can get those two going again and not, you know, necessarily point per game players, but where that line is a threat and, um, you know, puts up some points on a somewhat nightly basis, I think this team's going to be fine. But I think if it's Bukestad and Rao and not much else, you know, I think this team could have issues scoring in the second half when they, you know, play some of these tougher games. So I, it's going to be interesting for sure. And But I mean, either way, they're going to be in the mix down the stretch. And, you know, as fans, the way the last couple of seasons have gone, I think that's all you can really hope for. And I think that is the key right there. I mean, uh, we're in first place through the first half of the season, and I, no one predicted that. You know, 11-3 and three in the league, uh, it's looking really good for now. I mean, obviously we, we, we see things that need to be fixed, and but uh, it's a much more positive feeling in Gopherland compared to the last three years, and that's nothing but good for me. Uh, we need to be I, – I will say I think a few guys need to be a little more aggressive with the puck shooting it. Um, I think Budish is, a, is one that really s- sticks out to me. That I mean, I mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, the kid, you know, he's a, he's so big and strong, and he, but he's just this pass-first type of an – I mean, there's even times where it, it's obvious to everybody he should be shooting a puck, and, and I think his first inclination is i got to pass it. And it, I, he really, I think – if. You know, you really want to make that top line potent. He needs to start being more aggressive, especially around the net. I mean, when you got that kind of size, he should be really wreaking some havoc around the net. And I also, I've mentioned it before, I think Hansen needs to shoot the puck a little bit more aggressively. I mean, we've seen how well Halla has done, and it's because he's been so much more aggressive shooting the puck. And I think that, you know, some of these guys can learn a lesson from that. All right, well, let's move on. We have... Uh... Since we'll be taking a few weeks off here, we've got the Mariachi Classic coming up uh, at the end of the month. Uh, Northeastern and Princeton play each other. The Gophers play Niagara. It will not be on TV, be on radio only, so tune in or go down there and watch the games. It's always good hockey. Well, usually. Thoughts on the Mariachi Classic, guys? Um, I mean, the field is not what it was. I, mean, I think the Gophers kind of fell victim to Northeastern. I mean, they've been a team that's kind of been on the uptick here the last few years, but then, you know, right before the season, their coach leaves and, um, you know, they had a lot of issues. They're seven, seven and two. I and mean, they have won, what, five or six in a row. And they, um, you know, recently swept at Notre Dame. So I guess, you know, they're not, um, you know, horrible by any means. And that's going to be a pretty tough game if it comes to that. Obviously, the team opens with Niagara. And I think, um, you know, again, we talked a little bit pre podcast that Niagara has, you know, got a five or six game unbeaten streak of their own. But um, again, the Gophers should be favored in that and should be able to pull off a win. Although, you know, if Bukeson and Rao are both gone, I don't think anything's going to be easy when you lose your two top goal scorers. But um, yeah, I mean, if they end up playing Northeastern, it's going to be a big game. And, you know, we talk always with these non-conference things and I'm sure, you know, the pairwise is going to start to be a weekly conversation on these podcasts once we, uh, the calendar turns to 2012. So yeah, it's important to get a couple wins. And again, it's not going to be easy. I mean, even if it's just Bukestad that's gone, I mean, he plays, you know, power play, penalty kill. I mean, he's your number one, you know, center and goal scorer and everything else. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything will be easy, and we'll see if uh, Shabrowski uh, maybe gets in the mix. I don't know if that'll happen. I kind of doubt it coming off the big break, but um, you know, if you're going to play him, this is probably the last chance to do it. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting weekend. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and you know, I think that when you look at their records right now, some of these teams, it's certainly not all that, all that impressive. But um, you know, I'm looking at Northeastern's schedule right now, and uh, they're on what I think a six-game winning streak. Um, so. And a couple of those games, they won at Notre Dame. 
So, I mean, there's certainly not going to be a pushover. I mean, based on what they're looking at, you know, the last weeks or so, that's going to be good, you know, for them. And, and certainly uh, I, we were talking before the podcast on Niagara. I think they're undefeated in their last six. Granted, I'm not looking at what the competition was off the top of my head, but nonetheless, you know, um, you know, these couple of these teams could actually be a little bit tougher than you might look at. You know, you might think when you're looking at the uh, overall record because they've been playing better hockey lately. Well, it, the Gophers have struggled in the last, I guess, five years, even in the Mariucci Classic, you know, with some teams coming in here and beating them. So you just never know what's going to happen. You just never know. Any other thoughts on that? You know, I, there's nothing you can really add. I mean, it's hard to – these non-conference ones, and you don't know after being off, you know, a week or so, uh, it's just hard to say. You just don't know what you're going to get if the guys are going to be – you know, maybe not don't quite have their legs or their heads not quite into it because it's not quite league play and, you know, it's the holidays and whatever else. So it's pretty unpredictable at times. But, you know, you, you do expect you're going to win both games, but you just never know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Marriott Classic in future years if the Gophers kind of keep bringing in the lesser teams or whatever. Um, it's It's been a while since we've had some, you know, high-end teams. It wasn't I think BC was in here once. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the Northeastern's been yeah, on the rise. I mean, they're yes, not the, that's the name team, like, you know, but, yeah, I mean, last year was a Union, Ferris State, I mean, Northern Michigan, Bowling Green. So, yeah, they have definitely toned it down in terms of you're not seeing, you know, New Hampshire, Boston College, some of the, you know, the bigger name teams. And, yeah, like you said, Jupe, I mean, who knows when the Big Ten kicks in and how that's going to, I mean, I would assume you're not going to get, you know, big-time teams here just from the whole travel standpoint. I'm sure that plays into it where, you know, I highly doubt to get Northeastern here. The Gophers are going to be going out to play Northeastern there anytime soon. So, um, you know, I'm sure that's a pretty big factor in as well. I'd be curious if maybe they bring in some of the teams from the national in future years. Maybe that's your chance to bring in a Denver or CC or even a North Dakota into a Mary Classic. It would make it much more interesting. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. It's just been up in the air. I, I really don't have any idea what the schedule is going to be like. We talked about it before about how many home games minimum and, I mean, they're shooting for 20 from what I understand, like it's normally been. Whether that's exactly what they're going to get or not, it's hard to predict. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how that whole scheduling situation works out with other conferences in the future. Hammy, any recruiting news this week or maybe anything that uh, we could be watching in this holiday season? You know, any tournaments and players that people could be watching for? Uh, well, you know, you, of course you've got the uh, – the Schwann stuff uh, over the the holidays and, you know, the Dinah, uh, you know, there's a lot of holiday tournaments coming up. So there's going to be a lot of good hockey from that standpoint. I'm probably going to be over watching some of the uh, Dinah games this week. So we'll see how that goes. But from a actual recruit standpoint, nothing, nothing really. Uh, of course, we talked about a little bit on GPL, uh, the Gersich kid from uh, Holy Family Fire or whatever it is. Uh, um, he's uh, Broughton's nephew, and uh, certainly that's going to be a kid that people are going to want to keep an eye on. I've heard that uh, it could be a, a kid that might be one of those early commits, um, you know, and he's only a ninth grader. So we'll have to see how that one pans out. But uh, I'm sure that there will be stuff going on. You know, I'm sure the coaches will be out to a lot of games in the next couple of weeks now that they have some time off from at least the gopher team. 
Well, I think that's about all we have for this week. Do you guys have anything else? Any other thoughts on uh, January, which is going to be quite the schedule for the Gophers? Uh, the only thing I would now, uh, just so, so for people to know, we're not going to be doing a podcast now until what, what was the date going to be, Jupe? I have it set as about January 3rd. You know, that's uh, the Tuesday after the Classic and uh, right before we play Notre Dame in the Hall of Fame game. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure people knew that ahead of time so they wouldn't be thinking that there's going to be anything the next couple of weeks. Nope, we're taking some time off, and I think my family will like it. They don't like being so quiet. <laughs> It's hard to keep the kids quiet. <laughs> Trust me. By the next time we record, I may have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to? You can't tell them to be quiet. <laughs> no. That's true. <laughs> uh, are you going to need a substitute? Do we need to bring Jeff in? I uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends when uh, Jeff can when Skype, she... so we could bring him in. You know, we might this. You know, you might get replaced here if you take too many too many podcasts off. That's true. Well, yeah, it, uh, you put him on. Uh, definitely get him warming up in the pen, and we'll uh, we'll kind of see how it all shakes out. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so, I think that one thing we could do maybe in the second half, you know, for people out there, is we've talked about having you know some more guests and stuff. So it's not just the three of us rubes talking all the time. Uh, so you know, that, I'm sure that we'll have a few additions here or there, so they could look forward to that. Drunk hockey guy is really jonesing to get on, but I don't know if I can do it. It might just be too much for his ego. That would not work out well, I don't believe. No comment. Oh, there's your answer, John Cocky guy. What a shame. Um, Anything else, guys? Nope, that's it for me. Ryan, you going to be out with PA this week, or are you going to be taking a few weeks off with him as well? Uh, no, well, uh, he wanted to do it the next couple of weeks. I'm always game, but I kind of figured without the Gophers and whatever else he might not want to, but, uh, yeah, he said game on. So, uh, next two Thursdays at uh, nine fifty-five, unless, uh, something changes. And we usually always tweet when, uh, Ryan's going to be on. So just follow the Gopher puck live Twitter and you can listen to him on KFA and on Thursdays. And of course you can also follow Ryan at, at Ryan Cardle on Twitter, and Hammy, of course, at Hammy Hockey. Well, fellas. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy New yes, Year. Uh, we will see everyone back here in early 2012. Until then, we'll see you later. 